0: This is Hannah, this is Rachel, and this is What i Like to Tell People.
1: Hi Rachel. Hi Hannah. How was your week? It was good. I uh, got to see my brother and his uh, wife and my parents for Thanksgiving. It was relaxing and socially distanced with masks, so that was nice. Plus, it was a nice day out, so we got to eat outside and socially distanced. What about you? How
0: are you? Yeah, I went home to West Virginia. There were only four of us at dinner. We did not eat outside, but we um, added the two things in the table and sat like away from each other. So we were at like a table for 12.
1: It was the four of us. It sounds like, you know, those, uh, those rich people in the mansions. And right, they have like that table that's far away,
0: and they're at like one corner. We weren't at one corner though, but we were like staggered.
1: <laughs> My godparents actually came over, um, but they sat far away. But they had their own little table, so they looked like a bride and a groom. And I kept wanting to clink the glass. <laughs> I'm like,
0: kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving was strange this year, and I just feel, I mean, 2020 altogether has just been a very, very strange year, and I, like, all of 2020, this is what's been really weird, is whenever I type in 2020, like, at work, on my work computer, I've accidentally typed 2021, and I have, like, told people something about, like, 2021, like, I have just it's like the mind everything. is
1: trying to get rid of 2020. It's it's automatically saying goodbye. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm like, no, no, it is. It's 2021. Although I don't want to wish my life away because, you know, it's it, it the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So we might think 2020 is bad, but 2021 could be worse. I and mean, so I don't want you know to to wish it away.
1: Right, and I feel like. Learning from all experiences is good. So, I mean, like, 2020 sucks. I'll say it, it sucks. But, hey, at least it's also teaching us valuable um, things about, like, who we care about, too.
0: Well, and I think it has taught us, like, to appreciate the
1: little things. And patience, I feel, too. Appreciate the little things and patience at the same time, too. For And it
0: realizes, like, what you truly need. And I guess it's kind of, you know, like. Well we discussed last
1: time too, like what you the basics in life. Right.
0: So this episode is your friend Michelle, and she's talking about art therapy and a little bit of pole dancing.
1: Yes, it's really exciting. Um and and she just had a baby, so that was that's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That
0: yeah, crazy, crazy year. April is a as you guys will hear, is a crazy month for her. I feel like everything happens in April her and that's when pretty much well i guess covid happened in march but i feel like we were deep in it in april right so crazy time
1: it, it really it, yeah i you, you guys will definitely enjoy this episode and yeah enjoy hi everyone we are here with my good friend michelle hi michelle hi hi guys I have not I seen you since Audrey's wedding, which is crazy because we were supposed to hang out.
2: <laughs> yes, I know. Life yeah. just got so crazy. But yes, and their wedding was amazing. Oh my gosh.
1: It, was so, it was so much fun. And then, well, I'll have to meet your little girl someday too. So, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, how long ago was that? So when was last, This is the first time you guys have seen each other? It was
2: 2016.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I remember, I remember we did like the Pirates Pack the Park Day in Newport News in like 2013 when, um, I was in grad school with Audrey and, and yeah.
1: It was a while, but we'll have to make up for that soon. We'll do that once COVID is. mm. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Hopefully after. Yeah. So you, um. I like stalked you a little bit because sure. that's what I do. I go online and I see who we're interviewing. So I mm-hmm. have down that you, you work at day support, your day support counselor at the Loudoun County mental health substance abuse and development services is that what you currently no,
2: do with your i haven't resume? updated my resume to
0: update your information was- i have this down but you are a licensed art <laughs> i know i did i did find an article from like 2014 or 2016 about you talking that you started in 2014 i just like did a quick google search and i I, oh,
2: I should be a PI, probably, but... Got it. That's probably my um, my bio for... I'm now in private practice, so I started that job uh, last... Not this past July, but the past... July of 2019. Time is so weird now, but yes.
0: Yeah,
2: it is. a little over a year, I guess... Um, so yeah, I am now in private practice, which worked out really well just with all things going. I ended up returning back to work part-time, managing childcare a couple days a week and then also still working with my clients. Well, um,
0: congratulations, let your new mother. Yes, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you.
2: Yes, I have my baby girl on April 5th. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey, but it's it's just so awesome seeing her grow every day. Like today, she was just so excited to like see her own reflection in the mirror. Like she just like lost her mind. And I was like, I need to have that same like wonder and excitement in life. And just like little moments like that where I'm like, it's just so like pure and nice to see.
1: Her name's Seraphine, right? Or yeah, yeah, such a a pretty name. So when did you, uh, so you, uh, what made you want to transition to a private practice with art therapy? Um,
2: so I've been working at, um, yes, through Loudoun County Mental Health. Uh, it was a day treatment program called Friendship House. I was there for three years. It was a really great experience. I loved my team, um, loved the clients that I worked with. It was mainly a group setting, so I didn't really have the opportunity to do individual work, um. So it was nice, you know, for the time that I was there. But after about three years, I ended up getting my license. I ended up getting my board certification in art therapy. Um, and that's kind of the the two big things to kind of make your way into private practice. And I really had the desire to do individual work. So decided to make the transition. Not this past summer, the one before.
0: Can you explain what art therapy is?
2: Yes. yes. So... um Okay, are you guys familiar with it? I mean, I know, yes, I know you are, Rachel. Well, are
0: our audience might not be, so I'm asking as like I kind of know, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have no
1: clue what
0: it is. Sure, um, and there's a
1: stigma too sometimes where people don't know.
2: Yeah, sure, yes. Um, so it is its own mental health field. Um, I think sometimes there is kind of the assumption that, you know, it's, you're a counselor using art, which is also a great thing, but it's not kind of the distinct profession of art therapy. So it's utilizing art materials through either the process, like the creative process itself, or trying to give directives to a client, for instance, to focus on the art content and kind of analyzing that, looking through the symbols to see what's kind of uncovered. To ultimately promote, you know, their mental health and well-being, their emotional well-being, um, to help them function better at work, at home, in relationships. So, um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, there's kind of there are basically like two main schools of thought with artist process and artist content kind of originally with art therapy.
1: And it, it's used in all age groups, but it, is it a, really um, known and also like children more too to get them to express themselves through traumatic situations or?
2: Um, it's, you know, it can be beneficial, I think, for all age groups in a variety of different settings too. Um, you know, you may see it in, in hospitals, but you may see it in private practice. You may see it um, in a school, in a day treatment program. Um, yes, children do benefit, especially, I think, if they can't verbalize what they're what they're going through, they can express it through art. Um, there's also developmental drawing stages to kind of see, okay, developmentally, are they on track with what's showing up in the artwork even, which is really cool that we can kind of gauge that as well. Um, but I do think it can be really beneficial for adults too. I will say, Unfortunately, sometimes there's a a resistance or a reluctance because maybe they didn't have a good experience with art in like middle school. That's a lot of a lot of times when people drop off with art, um, or they're just like, well, I can't draw a stick figure, and so it's kind of like pushing back against that. Like it has to look a certain way, which is really hard when you've spent, you know, decades getting used to like, oh, I want it to look like this, and it doesn't. Um, so, but if you can break past that, it's absolutely beneficial for all ages.
0: Do you work with younger kids mostly? Um, no, I
2: actually, I work with ages 10 and up. Um, so I actually don't work with, with little, little ones. Um, but I see, you know, kind of that end of elementary school, into middle school, high schoolers, and then adults as well.
1: My counselor and I actually always talk about art in general because that's what she actually does with anxiety and depression for herself. She does painting. and I feel like it's very beneficial that, uh, you're also telling people, you know, look, it doesn't matter if you're good at it or not, at least, you know, you're expressing yourself, seeing these emotions, too. And I guess telling almost like a story to get it out there, too, I guess, in a way.
2: Yeah. And, it, you know, it may be something, um, you know, when I'm working with with adult clients, maybe that they haven't made art in a while. It's very much like a Jews techniques or directives that are very like success oriented, where. Um, it can be something that, that they feel good about, whether it's the creative process or what they end up making. Um, and then also, I really try to gauge, uh, we always say there's no like cookbook for our therapy, like you wouldn't look up someone's diagnosis and then go, oh, well, they'll work really well with glue and collage and really getting to know each client. And that is sitting down and having a conversation with them about like, okay, what materials do you like to gravitate towards? Like they may love fabric and while I'm not a big like weaving tapestry fabric person like I'll pull out some yarn and try and figure it out as best I can to engage with them in that.
0: Say, okay, so you originally wanted to be a teacher correct? I did yes. In um that article that I creeped on you. Nice that's- yeah
2: did some good investigative work there <laughs> yes so um yeah I'm I'm very much a planner so it was very unlike me from the time I was like 12 years old I was like I'm going to be an art teacher, like I 100% want to do this, had that plan for 10 years, like got into grad school to become a teacher. And in January of my senior year of college, I heard about art therapy and this program at EVMS. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like I have to apply. Um, and my mom encouraged me because I was like, Oh, it's like 60 bucks for the application. And I'm kind of sending it in late, like, what if it doesn't go anywhere? And she was like, here's 60 bucks, do it. Um, and so I sent it in and I interviewed and they were like, Hey, you just interviewed for the waitlist," And I was like heartbroken. Cause I was like, Oh my God. They were like, we already sent out our offers since you applied so late. Um, but if someone defers or doesn't accept, um, you'll get in as long as you're high enough up. Um, And so in April, I found out like the month before I graduated that I got in and totally
0: changed. I feel like that's a good month for you. Your daughter was in April. yes, yes, definitely. So (laughs) everything's in place.
2: It is, yes. So totally changed the career path. Like I think I had a lease on an apartment. I had to like get out of that and then just totally change everything at the last second. But I'm really, really glad that I did.
1: That's amazing, honestly. Like I didn't even see. I didn't creep like Hannah. Like I knew <laughs> that you wanted to do the whole. I knew you. You and I talked about art teaching years ago, but then I didn't realize you fully just, boom, like yeah, totally crew. And that's where you met Audrey, then, right? Is so yeah. I I knew Audrey in um
2: in college because we we're both in an honorary like fine arts fraternity called Kappa Pi. Um, And we had some, like, art classes, and we would, like, talk here and there, but I think in grad school is when we got a lot closer, um, kind of in that same cohort and everything, which was really great. Yeah.
1: Do you have any certain materials you like to use, I guess, for yourself for your own type of art therapy?
2: Yeah. So um, I've gravitated a lot more towards, like, watercolors recently. Um, mainly because I can usually create something like pretty quick, which, you know, if it's a day where I've got the baby, it's like during nap time, (laughs) if I can do something. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, originally I was definitely like acrylic painter, like hundred percent. That's all like human figures. That's always what I gravitated towards. Um, But yeah, I love like vibrant colors in work. I also like drawing and, you know, ink drawing, things like that. So just kind of depends on the day
0: what's the process? Like if I were going to go to you and I'm like, okay, like what would be the reason? Would it just be any type of therapy that I would need to go to you? Or mm-hmm. is it, I've had a bad, you know, something horrible has happened and I've like need to work through that, bad experience or...
2: Yeah so um, and I'm also so because I've got like my certification for art therapy, but I'm also a licensed counselor, my program allowed us kind of the track to do both. So if I do have a client that's like, hey, I don't want to make art at all, then we we don't make art and that's okay. and we just have regular kind of verbal talk therapy. Um, but you know, I would kind of like gauge you know, okay, are you interested in art therapy? Are you interested in learning about it? Kind of give like start a discussion about what it is. Um, how it could be beneficial. Um, A lot of times, I I think it can be beneficial. Of course I do for pretty much like all people if they they need therapy. But um, I will say it can be really beneficial, especially if someone's like experienced something traumatic and um, maybe hasn't even uncovered everything that they're going through. I think a lot of times we can put up walls through speaking and verbally kind of maybe those boundaries of like, oh, I'm not going to share that much. And it's very much we've got we've gotten used to that in society. But what I love about art is that those walls just aren't there. Like it's just pure creative expression. Symbols come out, experiences come out. This happened a few weeks ago with a client of mine, like memories that they haven't tapped into in years. Um, And I think it allows for a really rich conversation with them. Um, about not only the process, but then the content of what came up in the art too. So um, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you save the art and then kind of line it up from like your first session to maybe like 20 sessions later and see how it's (laughs) progressed? Yeah.
2: So um, I, you know, part of art therapy is like I I would store their artwork and, um, you know, make sure that it was stored in a safe place. And yeah, usually, you know, I'll save that for definitely like a termination session. Like if we're finishing up therapy and let's say we've gone down to like therapy, maybe every two weeks or once a month, instead of on a weekly basis, and they're feeling really good and in a good place, then Um, we kind of would review and see the transition of their artwork and what they were experiencing, what they were working through. Um, And it can be a really like enlightening thing even to see um, just, I I don't know, everything that they kind of addressed and everything that came out and um, that whole journey. So it's really powerful to do that. But yes, sometimes even if they're not um, terminating therapy, I think it can be beneficial just to kind of check in um, about that as well.
1: And you also had um, a uh, art therapy. Uh, what's it called? Drawing journal. Also, I know Audrey oh. and you guys know use that. So, what what could you get into that a little? Do all your clients usually have that? Or oh,
2: sure. So, um, yeah, visual journaling, right? Um, yes. So, uh, visual journaling is a technique where instead of just you know, you're entering in, uh, which can be still very beneficial, like kind of a daily entry for journaling or. Um, could be even like a gratitude journal, something like that. Um, This is a visual journal where you'll create an image on one side of the page and then respond either to the image or like how you feel about the image. What would you say to the image? um, You know, why did you create this image? Things like that. Um, And so when we were in graduate school every year, um, we had to kind of create and keep this visual journal and um, enter in a certain amount of entries just to kind of, process being in grad school and our professors (laughs) give us directives and things like that to focus on okay I want you to think about this when you create um this piece for instance um and so I I have done it with with clients in in the past right now I'm really not because of just you know and virtual art therapy I think is so different because I can't just like hand them a journal right now um, and normally it'd have art materials and those would be there and kind of fuel, I think more of the artistic production. Um, so it is a little different right now, I think, but I have found it to be really beneficial. And when I was working at, um, Friendship House, we had a whole visual journaling group and there were about maybe like six or seven clients that just absolutely loved it. And I think at one point we even extended, instead of having an hour group, we made that a two hour group just to leave time, um, for the art production. So, yeah. So
0: how do you do virtual therapy right now? Do you have a program? Do you use paint? Of, you know, like I was about therapy? to
2: ask that too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. how does that even work at this point?
2: Yeah. Um. You know, I don't have any sort of like virtual, I, I would love to have that, like some sort of like 3D paint uh, program that I could give to each of my clients, but just due to like funding and things like that, I can't, you know, do that for all my clients. So, it's really focusing on like what they have in their home. Um, so even if that's just like a piece of paper and a pen, like fine. Um, even if that's, we're going to focus more on like a writing exercise today. Fine. Um, even like kind of found objects, I guess. So having them choose things in their house, for instance, um, to like kind of create like a sculpture or something like that is another kind of innovative way to, to just use what they have right now. Um, And then of course there are the clients that go out and specifically buy things like they have colored pencils and paints and things like that. Um, And what I found is uh, what I've been kind of gravitating towards with some of my clients is kind of giving them art experiences and directives to think about um, while we're not in session too. So maybe they can, um, if they're doing journaling, if they're doing um, just any sort of art production to kind of think about something throughout the week and create a piece, and then we talk about it the next session. Um, they bring it to session with them. So kind of like homework, but I don't want to call it homework. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. You're at home doing work or... Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's artwork that's helping you. So there you go. Yeah.
2: Well I'm still kind of figuring it out, honestly, to to be completely honest with you, because I, you know, I came back in in July um virtually. So we're still kind of navigating it and figuring it out. I am attending the American Art Therapy Association conferences like right now. So um, and it's virtual as well. So I'm actually hoping to kind of like learn more techniques and innovative ways to make this more possible, I guess. Um, yeah. So we figure all this out.
1: And I guess you have to visually then, I mean, each client to cater to also. So that's kind of hard too to virtually be like, oh, can they sit up this way? And so I guess it's all a puzzle right now, which is okay. It's a learning process. Yeah.
2: Or it's even like, you know, if they're trying to show me their image and what they created, like, okay, the lighting's off. I can barely see anything. And so I've had them email me pictures of their work
1: too, um, so I've been doing that with my students it's yeah, yeah. yeah I have I'll give you some pointers later on I have a few tools that I've been okay. using for my art classes Great. so I'll give you some ideas
0: okay awesome excellent do you have any tips for just like the audience on how to kind of deal with the stress of you know like COVID quarantine any you know like having some sort of you know journal or what topics to kind of focus on if you're gonna wanting to do it on your own
2: yeah. Um, you know, I think especially during COVID and quarantine, my supervisor actually talked about this in supervision the other week. Um, viewing uh, this isn't art related, but just exercise and getting outside as almost like you would like a prescription, like you're taking your daily medication, like doing that every day. And it's not just viewing it as, okay, I have to exercise because I want to look a certain way or I want to fit in my clothes a certain way. But trying to think of it as this is for my mental health and even the communal experience of just like being near other people, even if you're just seeing a jogger from 20 feet away, kind of realizing and recognizing like we're not alone is really important, Um, especially while the weather's nice, I think. Uh, And that, you know, that movement is really important for just combating depressive symptoms, things like that, getting out of the house, even though it's really difficult some days. Um, And I would say, just kind of giving yourself grace and compassion and all of this as best as you can. Um, Because, you know, and kind of changing the, I guess the, the goal line or the, what you're trying to achieve in all of this. Like I was telling my husband the other day, just as an example, we were both getting kind of overwhelmed and stressed out. And I was like, okay, do you have a job still? Do I have a job? Is our family healthy and is our kid more or less pretty happy and and hanging in there, then we're doing fantastic. then we are doing an amazing job and and even though normally we would think like that's the bare minimum right now that is everything, and we should pride ourselves in that. so I think thinking that way is really important right now,
1: especially so, with a lot of what families what mm-hmm. yeah
0: remember what you do have versus what you don't have?
2: Yes, versus. absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think any sort of like journaling and I know for me, you know, any sort of like gratitude exercises, whether it's creating art about what I'm grateful for or listing the things that I'm grateful for has been really important in just helping me either recenter throughout the day or just kind of like start the day or end the day in a more positive way. Um, that being said though, also not denying your emotional experience. If like you've had a rough day and it just sucks right now because it, it does. <laughs> um, And I was reading an article, and it was, I think it was about being a a new mom in the pandemic, and I forget the woman's name, and I should quote her. But she basically said, grief and gratitude can and do coexist. And I feel like that is so very true for right now, like for for just everyone experiencing this pandemic. Like, one does not negate the other.
0: T e l l i n g p e o -O 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 Telling people. Did I win?
1: No, you just told people how they can get 15% off our merch.
0: They'll just need to go to our new website and hit merch and order our wonderful t-shirts with our faces on
1: them. Order now. More information in our episode notes.
0: Now back to our episode. Michelle, what would you like to tell people?
2: I would like to tell people to, I mentioned this before, but give themselves grace and compassion in this time. Um, my, you know, the past six months of my life have been just an absolute whirlwind in a lot of beautiful ways and a lot of anxiety provoking ways. (laughs) Um, but you know, my journey through all of this is, is being a new mom and then navigating being a new mom in a pandemic. Um, It's definitely been unexpected, but I think trying to find the joy in, in every day and in, you know, even being six feet apart from someone and just appreciating that we're healthy and we're safe and, and able to see each other in that way has, has been fantastic. Um, I would say really also priding yourself if you are a new mom in this time, I know I went through some body image issue stuff of just navigating like, oh my gosh, like my body has changed. I ended up having an unplanned C-section. It's it's not what I necessarily wanted to have happen, but, um, I now look at that scar with a sense of pride and and recognize like, man, like I was a warrior. Like I did it. I, I got through this. And like, so those little like baggy areas that I'm like, well, I wasn't there before. I'm like, I like held this child for nine months and now I'm holding her here. And, um, so that's really helped me. And, uh, you know, that kind of segues into talking about pole. um, I started pole dancing. My first class was in 2016, I believe. Um, And I've been at my studio diva fit for the past two years. Um, I think two years. Yes. Uh, And I absolutely love it. I used to dance ballet. So it's a really wonderful kind of way for me to challenge myself physically, get into some really cool tricks and choreography and kind of use the elements that I learned with ballet without the kind of stress of, oh my gosh, my feet are too flat for this. I don't have the turnout for it. I used to be able to do this at 16 and now I'm 30 and I can't anymore. Uh, so it's allowed me to incorporate that into my love of pole, which is great. Um, and I pulled up until I was about 20 weeks pregnant. Uh, and then I pretty much stopped after that. And so I ended up, starting virtual pole classes. And my husband and mom and dad chipped in to get me an actual pole for my living room so I could do, um, or for my kitchen, virtual classes, which was great. But it was very much a a big adjustment, kind of dealing with my my new body and also kind of trying to make time for that too, you know, with childcare and um, then also starting back work in in July. So uh, it was... Really, kind of difficult sometimes to to find that time. Honestly, I, I know we say make time, but honestly, some days I was like, I just can't find that. <laughs> um, but I, one of my pole friends, she was fantastic, and and she basically said, she was like, even if you do it for twenty or thirty minutes two times a week, she said, do it. Don't get hung up on this. Well, I need an hour to warm up and stretch and do everything perfectly. She was like, do a quick warm up, get in there, do something and get out even if it's during nap time. So um, it's been kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to view, I used to have you know, a lot of tricks and things that I can't necessarily do maybe as well as I would like to, but I'm trying to view getting them back as like, look how far I've come, look what my body has done and is still doing. And um, and I think the just the movement and exercise too and the community of having those virtual classes has been just really vital for, for my own mental health and all of this. Um, and then I'll segue to mental health. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, I've been working now in private practice for a year and a few months and, um, there's absolutely a mental health crisis going on right now with this pandemic. Um, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. So, like I said, reach out for help. Is what I tell people. If you need it, like don't hesitate. It does not mean you're weak. It does not mean you've done something wrong. Um, even different modalities of of mental health, like you know, pursuing art therapy for instance to maybe process things in a different way, um, could be fantastic. But uh, I think you know, viewing this as this is what I need right now, it doesn't mean it's forever. It is what it is right now, and this is where we're at. I think is important. Um, So, you know, as far as art therapy goes, what I'd like to tell people is, especially for the adults out there is, you know, make sure that I guess if if you do decide to pursue art therapy, try again, give yourself some grace and understand that it's sometimes just about the creative process. And maybe you color with your non-dominant hand just to kind of get something down on paper and see what that feels like. And it may be a little bit uncomfortable, but it can lend itself to some really amazing discoveries and, um, just a different way for our brains to process and express themselves instead of just talking about everything. Um, so I'd say during this time, you know, make this time count as bizarre as it feels, do something that gives you purpose every single day. Um, and yeah.
0: No, I like that. And I I love that you have your pole in your kitchen. Like yes, I feel like that makes you extra It's like, oh, I'm gonna eat this cupcake while I exercise. She's just
1: that extra. She's just that extra. I have literally almost
2: walked into it about five times. One time, I was with the baby, and I was like, oh
0: but you I would even just put fun noodles when you're not using it. Like cut a fun noodle. Oh, around it for <laughs> protection.
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. you might as well. But I guess it protects you from not uh getting uh fattening snacks. So <laughs> yeah. So and you're also supposed to test your pole every 20 minutes. Like you're supposed to
2: shake it really hard to make sure it's not going to go any. Which yeah, it was in the instruction manual, and I was like, okay. So if I'm ever about to hang upside down, I'm like, are you going anywhere? No okay. <laughs> you've got yeah. that. Oh my
0: God. Do you live in like a condo or do you live in a house? Do you have like downstairs? I live neighbors? in a condo.
2: Yeah. So, I'm <laughs> so your downstairs
0: neighbors are probably like, if you fall there, probably like, what
2: was that? <laughs> I know we're on the third and fourth floor too. So like, I'm sure people can see me from the street and I'm just like, Hmm it is what, what it is up. look what
1: I could do <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh
2: yes
0: it, it's COVID I feel like there's so much <laughs> other things going on yeah. people are like is uh, this 2020 that's part of Thursday
1: I see like the guy this guy like with like a happy Halloween thing and then like a weird little dead thing hanging from the back of it. I'm like, okay, that's whatever. That's the world that I go. And then we're driving by it and then on the passenger side it was uh, the Friday the thirteenth mask and I go, and I'm like, Well, whatever, nothing new here anymore. Nothing's surprising <laughs> me
0: anymore. <laughs> and, like, literally nothing is surprising in twenty twenty. But thank you. This was really interesting because I didn't really know much about art therapy. I mean, I kind of had like a understanding, but this was really good. And I hope our listeners can go away and kind of use some of the tools that you spoke about. Yeah,
1: great. Yes, thank you, guys. This was amazing. This is really Hannah. What did you think about this episode? I really liked
0: getting to know Michelle, and I had never really I had heard of art therapy, but I didn't truly under, understand it until I talked to her and hearing you know the different things that she does and it's not just you know like here's some pen and paper and draw. like there's some you know other exercises that her clients can do and things that she has done over the years um, was pretty interesting, especially since she originally wanted to be a teacher. I feel like it's a complete kind of one eighty in a way from being like, oh, I want to teach art to, I'm going to do art therapy for people, which is a really, you know, like a really cool occupation to, you know, help people, and it can be, you know, like all ages. Even though she focuses on like the younger kids, but it, you, like, I could walk in and be like, oh, I really want to do art therapy. What did you think?
1: I did too. I really loved, um, because I knew a lot about art therapy, obviously, because I was also looking into it and my friend Audrey studied it and that's how I met Michelle and I just found it, I guess, wonderful that she could still be able to try to use those tools in her sessions by, um doing them from home, because right now she can't even be with her clients. So it's really awesome that she's like, okay, well, what do you have around the house? Let's see if you could grab a few items. What do you gravitate towards? And uh, and it's just, it's a great therapy, even for herself, she was saying, is that art therapy is all around, and you get to visually do it, and she gets to, you know, gets to do it herself, too. So I feel... It was awesome. Plus, uh, pole dancing, come on. That is pretty freaking awesome.
0: I find it funny that she has it in her kitchen. Oh, one other thing is, you know, for the audience, do you want to tell people who Audrey is? Because you guys mentioned it like we know who she is, but like I know who she is, but not everybody.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) I always mention her. Audrey is my friend since high school, actually, and uh, Michelle and
0: you think she's listening she better
1: be I'll tell her to um, Michelle um they met through uh grad school I believe and so and then I met her through um grad school so when I was visiting Audrey so full on circle for you guys so yes that is Audrey and I'll force her to come on eventually but she's no. <laughs>
0: Which is fine. this, you know, interviews are not for everyone. She might not have
1: something she wants to say. Nope, and you. that's fine by me fine as again. long as she's listening to us.
0: <laughs> right. I know my friend Abby, I would love for her to come on, but she, you know, doesn't feel comfortable and that's fine. But hopefully she's listening and, you know, she'll probably text me when she gets to this yep, part exactly. if she's listening.
1: Exactly. You know, as long as they're listening, that's all that matters. Right.
0: So next week we are releasing an episode of one of your professors, Dr. Jessica Sponsler. And we're going to be talking about women in art, which was, I feel like, a really good topic And also, it was a distracting day because it was election day. Yes,
1: it was a very good distraction. I'm really glad we got to interview her on that day, and the results turned out to be what we wanted.
0: Right, yeah. So we hope you guys tune in next week for that.
1: What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and... Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.
0: Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive
1: more listeners. Go to our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week.
0: And this was What I'd Like to Tell People.